Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Oh, that was new for you. <laughs> a little sing song. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Yeah. Got some tea. Having a little tea. Chai rooibos. Oh. Is that the way you pronounce that? Rooibos? I don't know. I get like a rooibos uh, tea from Trader Joe's in the fall. It's mm. like a pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Rooibos, which is good, but I... Yeah, a little chai rooibos yogi, okay. yogi brand nice. um, with a little almond milk. It's hitting the spot right now. Good. Yeah. I'm not allowed to have any more caffeine. <laughs> this doesn't have caffeine. This is decaf. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> so today, we're getting back on track with a specific topic after our Ramble, Ramble Fest. Fest I really enjoyed Ramble Fest. I did though, too. Because I love that we have focused topics for most of our episodes, but it's also fun to just completely ramble about all the updates and ideas that we have. I, I did forget to give one update. Can I, can I update you? You want to sneak it in there? I'm going to sneak it in because I was really, really proud of this. And it has nothing to do with today's episode. Um, I don't know Bring if you noticed on. the Birkenstocks that I'm wearing today. Are these official see? Birkenstocks? They are official Birkenstocks. <sighs> I got them. Did you get them at like TJ Maxx or Marshalls? No. Listen to this. I got them never worn because like you can tell when Birkenstocks yeah like they got have a little, little foot, foot impression these were 100% never worn mm-hmm. brand new Birkenstocks $10 what at a flea market in central Pennsylvania are you kidding me I'm not kidding and they were your size my size exactly I am in love with them Nick was like they're not real I'm like they're absolutely real I did all the research I went to the G thanks just bought it they're Facebook lovely. group um another great podcast G thanks just bought it with like, it's a lot of like shopping content. And I was like, help me prove to my husband that these are real. Very happy about it. Anyway. I mean, your frugal inside soul is just soaring, singing. I was really happy because I've been wanting Birkenstocks. I I regret that I got rid of the ones I had in the 90s. They'd probably still be, still work fine because Birkenstocks last forever. But I've been like, you know, I want some cute gold Birkenstocks. Gold. Love gold. I know. So that's an update that has well, nothing to do with Well, I thought maybe you saw them at TJ Maxx or Marshalls because I actually saw some Birkenstocks there the other day. Real Which, ones? Yeah, real ones. Interesting. And I feel like maybe they were not $10, but I feel like they were maybe more like 40 or something, okay. which Birkenstocks are typically like 85 100 yeah. Oh, yeah. These, I looked them up. They're usually $100. And right. I've actually been wearing them like in my house when I pack balance bound orders. And then 
my feet don't hurt as much the next day because I used to just, you know, be barefoot or whatever. And that is not good for the arches. Yes. Um, so I do enjoy the arch support. I'm writing this down, Brooke, because I feel, I mean, I'm never going to beat that $10 price, but I am in the market for, Fernando is very vehemently opposed to Birkenstocks. He really doesn't like them, but I really don't care. Yeah. So I have my eye on some navy blue ones. Those were the Ooh. first ever Birkenstocks that I ever got, the little triple strap, triple skinny strap. Yeah. But I like what you're doing there because it's almost a little bit of a slide. It's, yeah. It's like that the, the straps are closer to the toes. Yes. I forget what this uh, version of them is called. I'll find it. Our friend Megan also has some really cute red Birkenstocks that are like all red, mm. like the footbed and everything. She got them on Poshmark. So you should check Poshmark. Yes, yeah. I should. Okay. Um, I, when I was in college or high school, I, I was in my kind of hippie grunge phase. I wore the wool socks. With the Birkenstocks. Ooh. Yes, I did. And a dress, Brooke. I don't think I knew that you had a hippie grunge oh, face. yeah. I mean, we all, like, fell into, I think, the early 90s, like, you know, flannel shirt. Like, my mom used to beg me to wear more fitted clothes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, whereas, you know, some parents are like, oh, you know, cover up, whatever. No, my mom was like, can you oh, wear something? Yeah. That's not just like a bag. Ladders your figure? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like all about the t-shirt with the flannel over it oh, yeah. and the cutoff shorts and Birkenstocks or Chuck Taylors. That was it. I used to write like song lyrics on my Chuck Taylors. Mm, Chuck Good times. Taylor's yeah. But so I did good. not do the wool socks with the Birkenstocks. Oh man. How Real comfy. <laughs> and the, you I'm know, sure. it brings your Birkenstocks, you know, they're full season then, you know, you're not, you know, full season. But then don't you stretch them out too much? Well... Actually, I was going to say, Brooke, that's a hot tip. If you're trying to stretch your Birkenstocks out a bit, we'll slap on a good pair of wool socks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mine are You're pretty... like, no, I'm not doing that. No. I don't think they would look right with the gold anyway. The gold is very summery. Yeah. And I don't need to stretch them out anymore. But yeah, it was it was a super victorious day. So thank you for letting me share that here Big with news. all of you. Big news. Um, today, taking a bit of a, a turn here. Today, we're going to talk about failure as motivation. Mm. And we brought up this topic and we both just like rambled on and on about all the things that we want to discuss. So I'm excited. Um, I kind of brought this up in our little app where we take notes on the podcast because, let's see, we're recording this. It's almost the end of August. Yes. I, since January, I created a little goal for myself to get 50 rejections. I love this so in 2022. Much. So this this idea came about or I first kind of learned about this concept from our friend Tiffany Hahn. Mm-hmm. She used to have a program called 100 Rejection Letters. Yes. And it's just another way of saying put yourself out there 100 times. Don't expect to get a million yet or 100 yeses. Yes. But think about the yeses that you could get along with 90-something no's. Yep. So I loved this idea Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'm not someone that enjoys failure, but I am someone who uh, can often fixate on a goal, but fixate so much that I don't open my mind to other possible things that could be out there waiting for me Mm -hmm. if I put myself out there. So... My 50, this little template, like a physical worksheet that I made for myself. Are you going to share this with our listeners? I can can share it. Yeah. It's basically just super simple. Um, It's got 50 lines Mm -hmm. and it's got a 
column for like I can fill in if there are yes, if there are maybe, yep, or if there are no or didn't hear. A little from tracker, them. little tracker, super simple. I keep it taped up next to my desk because I need it physically in front of me. As you know, planner person, phys- like I need. I'm a visual person. Yeah. So I decided because paid marketing, not that we've done a lot of it for Balance Bound for our planner line. But paid marketing, when we have done it, it just has not worked. Right. Um, and it it never felt like very authentic. And I know that there is paid marketing that can be authentic, but it's also a lot of times you have to put a ton of money into marketing yes. for it to yield results. And I decided I'm going to try this sort of more organic outreach Yes. by reaching out to podcasters, news outlets, influencers, whose either their values align with Balance Bound who I can send planners to and introduce our products to them. Or it's like, you know, someone that does a segment on the Today Show or Good Morning America about small businesses or interesting products or great things for the new year. You know, there's so many different topics that we could fall under. So I just started making a list when I thought of someone. I was like, ooh, they'd be good to send a planner Mm -hmm. to. And in most instances, you can often like reach out to someone and say, hey, I want to send you some product. Where can I send that to? Or if it's um, like an editor at a magazine that has a focus on these topics. Yeah, you people are so find, accessible these well, days. And you can find the address usually on yeah. the internet. I know, yeah. So I just had to do a little bit of research, a little bit of outreach. And I cannot tell you, so I think I'm, I have a list of like 30 something so far. Some of them are just like, ooh, I want to send something to this person, but I haven't even gotten there yet. I've probably sent, planner packages out to like 20 something different people. Yeah. I don't even think I'm going to reach 50, not because I'm giving up because you're so busy responding to the yeses. I've gotten so much great response from the few yeses. (sighs) Yes. So let me tell you the yeses that came from this. So I will say that I had been in touch with Kate and Dory from Forever 35 towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2021, but it was just, um, you know, it was like, oh, yeah. Kate and Dory from the Forever 35 podcast. Yes. Yes. So they were like, yeah, we'd love to talk about a collaboration. What do you have in mind? So they were my first, like, put yourself out there and, and aim for this. Well, as we know by now, that turned into a collaboration where we did a um, a collection that has their branding and some messaging on it with our designs, and they're doing amazing. So that was, like, a really big yes yeah. for me. Um, Self Magazine also included us in a roundup recently. Huge. I mentioned that in our last episode. We have seen, and that one was so great. I just like, I found an editor who a lot of her pieces are like self-care focused mm-hmm. on self.com. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to send her some stuff. Right. I was like, who knows if she works from home or at the office. Within a day of her receiving them, she emailed me and was like, I love these. Thank you so much. Yes. So just putting myself out there. I'm just going to run off a couple of other things that have come from this. So the Deep Dive podcast, as we also know, they mentioned us. We are potentially doing a collaboration with them too. Amazing. There is a subscription box that aligns with our values that we have a potential collaboration in the works that might be finalized today. There's another podcaster who actually reached out to us. She was already on my list and I didn't even like fully reach out to her. So things are happening. Yeah. And I have to sit back and look at like, if I didn't have this list and this very broad goal of like 
50 rejections? Would I have put myself out there? Right. And you probably would have focused so much more on the rejections. Like yes. like you said, you would have been like, oh, oh I sent this one out. thing to this one person and they didn't even get back to me. But you're like, oh my God, I've sent like 20, 30. Da, da, da. And then you're getting amazing responses from that. Like you said, that you don't even have time to keep getting rejected. Yeah. Because when you're expecting- You're detached. Yes. You're detached when you're quote unquote expecting rejection, it stings a lot less when you don't hear anything back or you get a no. Like no one has reached out and been like, cool, but no. It's just that you don't hear back from people. You know, sometimes I follow up a month later if I have an email address or I DM them. And like, and that's what happened with Forever 35. It was like that follow-up, like, oh yeah, let's talk about this. So it's just been an amazing push personally and, you know, for, for my business but it's been such a great reminder of how we can put ourselves out there and be open to failure in other aspects of our lives. Totally. Too. It's so incredibly applicable to so many other different things. Like, for example, I am really getting into the keynote talk world, yes. right? And really wanting to get my message out there, this whole concept of um, quitting the shoulds and paving your own path and living your life more courageously. So I'm in a Facebook group with a bunch of other women who are also looking to speak more on the stage. And one woman posted recently, you know, you guys have been saying, wow, you're really crushing it. How are you doing it? I think she's booked something like five or six keynote talks in the past month. And she said she's reached, probably pitched 400. Oh my gosh. Right? So it's a total numbers game. So she's not sitting back and lamenting the 393 no's. She's like, oh my God, I just booked seven. Like that's hundreds, thousands of women that she's going to get this message to, which is huge. And it's just so applicable to so many other things. I was thinking about, you know, Isabel is a picky eater. And so much of the game that they talk about in picky eating is just exposing kids over and over and over and over. You know, you might, there, I'm in another Facebook group for this, you know, picky eating group. And one woman said, you know, I offered tomatoes to my kid 25 times and he said no to them 25 times. And on the 26th time he ate the entire bowl. You know, so it's like the numbers game and not getting attached to, oh my God, he didn't eat the tomato today. It's like, nope, we're going for 50 rejections of tomatoes here. Yep. Or online dating. I know that you have a lot to say about that when we were sharing these notes, but I have yeah. a friend <clears throat> that I used to work with who, you know, was getting to the point that she really wanted to settle down and start a relationship, couldn't find anyone. And she said, you know what? I'm going to do online dating and I'll go on 20 dates. Mm-hmm. And on the 20th, she met her now husband, who happens to be a super hot opera singer. Well, you know, of course he is. Cha-ching. <laughs> Wait, I feel like there should be some sort of, um, no, I was going to click laughter. We don't want laughter no, for that. Applause. applause. Yay, Yay, opera singer. Yay. So. Super hot opera singer. But she made it a numbers game. Yeah. And didn't get discouraged after date one, date two. She's like, I'm going for 20. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We were talking about online dating because I have um, two friends, Heather and Laura, who have a podcast called Thirsty. They are divorced moms and they have been exploring the dating world. And so on their podcast, they sometimes, you know, they go into some other topics now, but their podcast really started by them kind of recapping these dating stories. And I love it because usually at like 
at the end of telling the story of how this date went or how this, um, you know, like, uh, initial relationship went, they ask each other like, well, what did you learn from this? So they're built, they're able to take away the positives and like what they're learning, um, and turning it turning it into something that they can use on the next date with the next person. Just yes. like, well, I liked this about this person, but I didn't like this. And so, what they're looking for in a mate, what they learned about themselves, and how they react to certain things. Um, so, I love just the idea of approaching kind of that that next chapter of your life if you've gone through a divorce or if you're you know looking for a relationship. Just kind of saying, like, I'm gonna kiss a lot of frogs. Yep. And that's okay. Like yep. that's all part of the the process. Yeah. I mean, whether you're an actor and you're going for a hundred reje- rejections on auditions or a writer, my dad actually took two years off of work when I was maybe I was about a tween. And he wanted to be a writer for two years. And I just remember the rejection letters coming in like crazy mm-hmm. in the mail, you know. And I remember it being incredibly difficult to receive all those rejections. But we would tell him all the time, like, Ernest Hemingway was rejected, you know, thousands of times or whatever it was. So I think, yeah, when you can... When you can set that number and be unattached to the result of each and every one. I do think one of the things that I think I need help with, though, is, as we've talked about before, I am an obliger. I need accountability. I really, I'm hoping that in our business group or whatever, we create some sort of accountability group because I want to have a place that I go weekly or monthly where I say, you know, okay, I put out 20 pitches this week. Or yeah. if I didn't put out 20 pitches, why didn't I put out 20 pitches? I really would love to have a little group of people where it's like we're all putting ourselves out there and holding ourselves accountable. Yeah. I think that'd make yeah. it be really fun. Okay, let's do it. If you're listening, Sarah Zero. <laughs> you know she is. Our friend Sarah, She's uh, she always like texts us when she's on a walk listening to it. She's like, oh my gosh, I love this too. Or like, I did this. You know, it's it's so fun to hear like those relatable things. But anyway, yes, yes Sarah, get us, get us on top of the accountability group. Yes. Anyway, I was also going to say that, you know, this kind of failure as motivation it's not necessarily how I approached new friendships in adulthood, but I'm starting to realize that that um, kind of ties in with my mindset lately. Like, I'm just tired of yeah. like beating around the bush. If there's someone I meet and I'm like, oh, they were so nice, I will like immediately Facebook friend request them because I'm like, whatever, what are they going to do? Decline? That's fine. Right. Or, you know, just like for a coffee or go out for a coffee date. And like, honestly, what is the worst thing that can happen is that we'll realize that we're not a good friend match and we'll just stay cordial to each other. And that's it. The best thing that can happen is that you have an awesome new friend. Yes. Um, and it was so funny because, you know, when our, our friend group kind of first formed years ago, like what, eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. We were like a boy band. Then Brooke was our agent. I was the agent together. and the lead singer <laughs> or designated, you know, I like made myself the lead singer. Um, but I think there was a while there where I put like all my eggs in like that one friendship basket, but then realized that like, well, I can have other friends too. And I mean, I mean, I know yeah, how you okay. feel about it. <laughs> 
well. <laughs> I had my birthday dinner recently. Exactly. And a handful, like I said, this friend group is amazing, but you guys are all too busy. You ended up being sick. And like one girl from, from that friend group was able to come. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Like I'm, you know, reaching out to some other friends too. And you were like, other I know it. Friends. You were like nobody from our group is coming, but other. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I was, it was like a touche moment because you were like, well, it's my birthday, and none of you guys can come. You people so. are too busy, so I had to find some other friends who cleared their schedule. No, but, <laughs> but it's, it just made me realize how very lucky I am to have so many amazing friends in my life. But I also see that that's the fruits of my labor. I've put in this time to just reach out to someone when we do hit it off. And I no longer wait for someone to find me or be like, Hey, do you want to hang out? I'm just like, Hey, let's be friends on Facebook. Let's learn about each other. Like, um, and let's go for coffee and mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. There was such a cute episode of Bluey that I watched with Isabel. Do you watch Bluey? No, I feel like I missed the boat on it, but Isabel watches it. <sighs> Excuse me, Brooke. I my, Stop. Okay. We are going to have to stop recording right now I know. so that Brooke can watch I an episode I hear amazing things about this show and I'm like kind of sad that I missed the boat on it. because How did you miss the boat? You can start watching it now. Well, because I'm, well, I could watch it by myself, but when I've like brought it up to Paige, she's like, oh, that's a baby show. And I'm like, I know it's not. But excuse no she's page break page and i need to talk okay. page respects me she does she loves me if i tell her miss amanda if, loves Bowie. i think i need to talk to her directly okay about she would love this okay i'm a little bit upset right now okay because okay bluey it's amazing it's adorable it's australian yeah so the cute accents and it's these dogs but anyway there was this episode where um they went to the play it was like a tot lot you know they went to the playground and the dad was like ha- kind of hanging out with this other kid's dad that they had met at the playground and so the kids were like is he your friend now and the dad's like well no like it takes time you know mm-hmm. and then they meet again at the playground like is he your friend yet mm-hmm. and then baby but and then he realizes that he does start looking forward to going to the playground because he wants to see his friend too mm-hmm. and eventually he's like well do you want to come over to our house for breakfast like after that we play on the playground and they became friends yeah. and it was really cute but it was interesting to see you know how the kids were like i don't understand why this friendship is taking so long yeah. and it's because for adults there is much more of it. It's not like, you want to be friends <laughs> like yeah. after 30 seconds on the playground. Well, I love how kids can come home from their first day of school and be like, well, my best friend <laughs> is this person. You're like, you met three hours ago. They're your best friend now. Yep. Yeah. And yes. So, I mean, kids probably don't go into it with the mindset of, I'm going to get 50 rejections from, from potential friends today. But yeah, they're just kind of like, want to be my friend? Yes. And that's how grownups should be too. I know. So I've kind of taken that... Taking that route with the lovely people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're going to share on the show notes the fun little template of the 50 rejections. And I need to use that because I need to do a much better job of, um, yeah, just it's numbers, just putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there. And I think also when you feel really passionately about what you're putting out, it makes it so much easier when you know that this is something really good and it's going to end up in the right hands. Right. And if it's not right for somebody or if it's not a good fit, it's just not going to work out and that's totally fine. Yeah. It takes a tiny bit of research, you know, again, whether it's business or, or whatever it is, if it's dating or friendship, you know, you want to make sure that you have some connection to to that 
person or thing, whatever it is, like I'm not going to send balance bound planners to right. someone's You're methods. doing your research. Yeah, on, someone whose yeah. messaging doesn't at all relate to what we're doing. But um, yeah, do a little bit of research and then go for it. So I'd love to hear from our listeners how they think they could apply this. Like, yes. could it be to, you know, are you a writer? Are you an actor? Are you dealing with a kid with picky eating? Like mm-hmm. what could you try to get rejected 50 times for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, especially with kids... Um, you know, trying new sports and activities. Like there's so many oh, things yeah. out there. I'm like 11 on that one. Yeah. She's tried ballet. She's tried soccer. She's tried. To, you know, but like how cool that she's had those opportunities. Right. And like maybe on activity number 30, We're she'll find. We're trying gymnastics this fall. Okay, okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This was fun. This was fun. Let's right. take a break. Take a break. Hey listeners, Good Enough-ish co-host Brooke Forey here to tell you a bit more about my branding design firm, Curious & Company Creative, where my business partner, Terry Baker, and I create striking first impressions with visual brands for small and medium-sized businesses. While a visual brand includes a logo design, it's so much more than just that. It's the color palette, fonts, brand marks, patterns, website, packaging design, signage, print pieces, and more that bring your brand to life and make your expertise shine because it deserves to be seen. Brooke, you have helped me by tying together so many visual elements for my business Indigo Organizing, and it's made such a difference in helping me appear polished and professional. I get comments all the time on my branding. I especially love that style guide that you created. It's so awesome to have my fonts, colors, etc., all in one place. I use it all the time. I love to hear that, Amanda, and I want that for all small businesses. If you are a business owner in today's visually saturated, fast-moving world, the reality is that you can't afford to overlook the importance of your brand's first impression. We offer several branding and website design packages, or we can create a custom package based on your needs. Visit CuriousAndCompany.com to explore our services and learn about the Brand Breakthrough Workshop, where we begin with all of our clients. Ooh, what's the Brand Breakthrough Workshop? I'm so glad that you asked. Brand Breakthrough is our deep dive workshop where we learn the story of your business, your history, goals, pain points, and ideal audience, and create a visual blueprint for where you're going next. We ask the important questions that you've never stopped to ask yourself about your business. That's where the breakthrough part comes in. That's right. And after our workshop has concluded, we take the details we've extracted about your business and create a clear brand strategy document and visual mood board that sets the tone for your brand. You'll then have the ability to implement the new visual style on your own, or we can continue to work together on a custom visual branding package. Check out CuriousAndCompany.com to learn more or schedule a free, no obligation chemistry call to see if Curious and Company is a good fit for your business. We are back Back from the break. Lots of singing today. Uh, Amanda, what is sparking joy for you at the moment? As I think back on what the spark joy moment, I already feel the relaxation washing over me again. Okay. So we made a spur of the moment decision a couple of weeks ago. We were supposed to go camping, but the weather was looking kind of iffy and I was feeling a little burnt out on camping. Fernando is worried that I'm, I don't know, it's okay. We're not making any permanent decisions, but that particular weekend, I was not in the mood for camping, especially if it was going to be rainy. Yeah. So we decided to go to the beach for the weekend for three nights. And I started 
looking at my normal beaches in Delaware, which is where I'm from. And they were basically, you know, you would have to like, you know, put a second mortgage out on your home Mm -hmm. in order to stay a night at the hotels there. So I started looking in New Jersey, which is where I'm less familiar, but we ended up booking this lovely, small family owned hotel in Wildwood Crest, Mm -hmm. New Jersey, Mm -hmm. um, which is just outside of Wildwood. And it was lovely because I've always had a dream brook. I am not a huge beach person. Yeah. I'm not the type of person that likes to like go to the beach in the morning and stay there all day and pack our entire lives. I like a little bit of time on the beach. I've always wanted a hotel that you could walk to the beach that has a pool. And mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. did. And while this is different from the Delaware beaches, because this is not very common in Delaware, but in Wildwood Crests, I think there was something like 600, this woman told me. Oh my gosh. Like hotel, that seems like an exaggeration. Hotels, <laughs> little family owned hotels that have 20, 25 rooms that have a pool and are on the beach. And it was awesome because we could just kind of like ping pong back and forth, like yeah. beach pool, beach pool. Yes. And it had these little chairs, like it, it, it was, it almost felt like Melrose Place. Yes. Right? The dream. I Googled Melrose Place. The hotel does not look at all like Melrose Place, but it had like, it was like this, the pool was kind of like the courtyard, yes. imagine. And all of the rooms, are you Googling Melrose no, Place right Googling now? I'm Googling something else that I'm going to talk about, but it's Okay, fine. it's called the Pyramid Resort okay. that we stayed at. And it was great because all the little rooms look out over the pool and you can sit in your little chair and have your morning coffee looking out over the pool. And they had... Um, little tables so we would get takeout and sit outside at the tables by the pool. And it was just, it was a treat. And, you know, it wasn't inexpensive, definitely peak, peak summer rates. Yeah. But it's amazing how much you can relax in three days. I was going to say, you can fit a lot into three days at the beach and it feels worthwhile because sometimes like a whole week at the beach at the shore, down the shore as we don't Right. I call it beach. Yeah, no. Down the shore, um, I'll forgive you. Uh, Why do they say down the shore? Because the shore is not actually down; it's to the east. I mean, uh, too many questions. It's just okay. all right. This is Anywho. just if you're from the Philadelphia area or Delco, you say down the shore. I never knew until like I moved out of the area for college that other people didn't say that. No. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh, yeah. Lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah, but like can sometimes be too a week, long. Yeah, I mean, I think having a pool, especially if you have kids, having a pool in the mix is a great way to break things up and keep everybody happy. So, like a week is probably more manageable. But like, yeah, a week can be a lot. So three nights, especially if it's you're paying a higher premium, you maybe couldn't afford seven nights. Like three is is a perfect balance. Yes, and I share this now because as we're recording, um, and uh, this will be released. I guess end of August, early September, but there's still time in, you know, to book beach weekends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love September down the shore, down the shore. (laughs) Yep. Down the shore. I was trying to think like, okay, how do you say that in a sense? I'm going down the shore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, so there's still time in September and October. I think some of these family places, they're only open through September. Um, 
but the pool was heated so they even keep it open beyond labor day so i've got my eye on a little summer extension yeah weekend it's nice because it's so nice especially after the hustle and bustle of the beginning of the school year yes to maybe take a little break yes Mm. the rates go down a little bit so yeah pyramid resort in wildwood crest i was not a fan of wildwood i have to say no it's not my scene not my scene. A little too much. A little me. too much. It was yeah. felt a little bit like, you know, Vegas. Okay. It was, yeah. It was just like, whoa. The strip. Wildwood yeah. Crest is just very like, bicycles built for two and little yeah. family, you know, everybody going to the beach and it's a little bit more chill, but. So I was Googling. So when I was in college, I thought this place was in Wildwood Crest, but it's, it was actually in New Jersey, but it was called the Sea Rose Motel. And it was like, oh, North Wildwood. Okay. okay. Um, apparently it no longer exists, but it was a really charming retro uh, mom and pop motel yeah. with like the neon sign. Everything like, in Wildwood is very retro. Yes. Is that the thing about I retro? I think that is what I makes mean, Wildwood, Wildwood charming is that a lot of it hasn't changed. It looks like the Sea Rose may no longer be there, but it was like a bunch of college friends and I in May, mm-hmm. maybe of senior year before we graduated, we just randomly decided one night, let's go to Wildwood. And our friend Joe, his family had a house there. But when we got there, his parents were there. He didn't tell them we were coming. And we're like, hey, there's six of us. So we found this random motel. You know, we were young and broke and stupid. And I mean, it was like, we had so much fun. The girls were in one room, the boys were in the other. And um, these beds were small and old, but we made such great memories there. And yeah, it's very it kitschy, so funny. very kitschy. Yeah. And I remember we thought it was hysterical because the TVs had knobs. They were old enough. That's amazing. That they, they were like old televisions that had knobs to change the channel. That's you awesome. know the things that you find hilarious when you're 21. Yes. Anywho, looks like it's no longer there. But when you said Wildwood Crest, that's what it made me think of. Yeah, I liked it because in Rehoboth, for example, there's only one hotel that I can think of. And it's a big, fancy hotel right on the beach um, that has a pool. Mm. And you have to pay a million dollars to stay there. And it's big. There, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like down there, there's hundreds of cute little hotels to choose from. Yeah. So. Cute. Maybe we'll check it out one of these I know. Um, so what are you doing, Brooke, right now to do your future self a favor? So this has been on our list for a while and it's like, it kept getting... You've been chomping at the I, bit. I just, I think this is such a great tip and it was something that we kept pushing off because other things were more timely. But one of my favorite, um, things, uh, future favor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing my future <clears throat> self a favor, kind of got it, is to keep boxed cake mixes on hand. For spontaneous rainy day baking. So plus icing. Oh, of course. You got to have Must a, have the icing. icing. I'm frosting. in a bit of a snafu right now where well, I have the mix but not the icing. And I will say get two tubs of frosting for every one box of cake mix. Because oh. if you're going to be generous with the frosting, always have a backup. Okay. Always have a second one because okay. I like to slather it on there. Slap that on there. Um, but my kids and I love to bake and Paige especially... Every so often, she'll like come downstairs and be like, today is Grogu's birthday. Mm. Okay. Who's Grogu? Grogu is from the Mandalorian, like the baby, um, baby oh. Yoda. Oh. We got Grogu. We ha- actually got two Grogu's in Disney because the one day her brother got one and there was a little jealousy happening. So okay. we have two Grogu stuffies, which is not typical in our household, but uh, this one, we've, we've got the, the duplicate and 
I mean, but honestly, she has so many stuffed animals that there's a different favorite each week, which I love because she has like a different story. She names them. And there's some that she forgot about for a year. And then she's like, oh, Lily. Yeah. Like, how do you remember that that's Lily? Like, anyway, so she will come down every once in a while and be like, today is Grogu's birthday or Lily's birthday. And I'm like, oh, that's so fun. And she says, can we make a cake or cupcakes? And so I like to, you know, I mean, because baking... Um, a box cake mix, it can be so quick easy. and easy, yes. fun and easy fun and, and quick. Easy. Um, you usually only need oil and water. Although my favorite- Maybe a few eggs. Well, my favorite tip is if you have a box cake mix that um, calls for oil and water, you can also switch out the water for milk and switch out the oil with butter. Mm. Or yeah, you usually need eggs too. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, depends on the mix. Oil, water, and eggs. But if you switch out, you know, the water for milk and the uh, oil for butter, it's more of a dense and homemade tasting kind of cake. Oh. So that's my trick is like if you're going for the homemade taste, not that there's anything wrong with with box cake mix because it's usually, I mean, you figure they've tested a million different variations. It's always delicious. I like the Betty Crocker myself. Um, yeah, I think we just did Duncan Hines this week. I liked yeah. it, but I need to troubleshoot with you an issue that I had with the frosting. Okay. But please continue. All right. So yeah, we just always have it on hand. It can be a quick little little break if it's the middle of my work day and she's home and wants to you know get some one-on-one time with me, or if it's a rainy Saturday and I'm like, let's bake. And then usually we'll end up leaving some on our neighbor's porches, like, hey, here's some cupcakes for you. That's one reason that cupcakes are often better than a cake. Yeah, You can share more easily with yes. the neighbors because I do not need two dozen cupcakes in my house. No, but because then they go stale after a few days. Or and, they get eaten. Or they get eaten. And then I feel sick because I eat too many <laughs> cupcakes. But yeah, so it's just one of those things. Caked, uh, boxed cake mix and any, you know, brownie mix, so inexpensive. Like yes. $1.89 or something. Right. And it's just one of those things that I always have a few on hand. I usually have a vanilla and a chocolate and then a couple tubs of frosting, and they do not go to waste in our house. No, and I have a little basket that I keep lots of um, variety of sprinkles in, too. Oh, All, of course. Tons of sprinkles and tons of uh, cupcake liners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We I order the big tube of the Wil- Wilton cupcake liners in all different colors. So if Grogu's favorite color is purple, we have purple yes. liners. You know, you yes. just you gotta cater to the whims of the Grogu's the six year old and and Grogu's preferences. Right. Yeah. Wait, so I made a cake the other day and um when I so we normally do cupcakes more than cake, but we did a cake for some reason the other day, and you know I did it in like the nine by thirteen pan. But when I went to ice it, it was ripping off the top of the. Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. was why did this happen? Did I cool it too long? What what happened? No. So okay, well there's a couple things. So what you can do is go over it with what's called a crumb coat. So just and this is another reason why I like two tubs of icing because sometimes like half of that first tub is going to get the crumbs stuck in the icing. Okay. But then once that's on and spread out a bit, then you go over that with more icing and then the crummy stuff is hidden. Because it wasn't even so much crumbs. It was like the top layer of the cake. The top like comes off. Yeah. So another trick that I like is to, a lot of times I will either freeze or refrigerate. Um, A lot of times like freezing 
cupcakes. I'll put them in a tight Ziploc so bag. So they're done. And they're freeze cooked. overnight. They're cooked. And then I take them out. And before they're totally thawed, I will ice oh. them. So then you don't get as much of that like mushy top layer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I mean, I'm not a professional baker, but those are a couple of the Little tips hacks. that I found that works for me. Um, but yeah, I do usually do with a cake. I usually do the crumb coat first and then go over it with like crumb coat. Yeah. That's, okay. That's what the bakers call that's it. That's what I they think. call Hold it. On, let me okay. Google a little bit. Okay. Crumb, crumb coat. I like that because it feels like you're just accepting defeat almost like, okay, I'm going to get some crumbs in here, but this is the crumb coat. Yeah. I think, right. Is that, yeah. How to up. crumb coat a cake how and why crumb- it's important. Basically, a crumb coat is just what it sounds okay. like, a coating of buttercream that, yeah, just doesn't look as polished, and um, then you go over that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because so, that's your good enough-ish layer, where you're not really, it's almost like priming layer. wallpaper. Yes. You're not yeah. really super concerned about how it's looking. You're yep. just trying to prime the cake. Prime the cake for optimal Love it. frosting See, listeners, experience. you learned something here on this podcast, because yeah. I know you've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This was fun. This was fun. Go out and in your next grocery order, put some box cakes, cake mix, brownie mix, whatever floats your boat, and just have them on hand. Yes. Maybe also even some chocolate chip cookie. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, because we do bake a lot, I always have chocolate chips, flour, sugar. I do like to bake from scratch a lot, too, so I make sure to restock that stuff. But yeah, chocolate, <sighs> chocolate oh, chip you mean cookie like dough? Chocolate chip cookie like dough the in log. the thing? That's not that fun though because mm. it doesn't involve a lot of the baking it's like okay slice it up the log and then you're yeah, done and i just usually eat the log oh my god the log is so i mean it's good. so good but then i feel sick yeah yeah so. you feel sick <laughs> it's like cake batter isn't as tempting right just eat raw isabel's trying to convince me healthy. today to make a cake but she doesn't want to actually make the cake she just wants to eat batter i mean so smart girl can you go get like cake batter ice cream to no. Satisfy that nope. craving? No. Nope. Okay. She wants the full line cake batter. So okay. I, I think we can do that. I've got to basically sacrifice a box of cake, which is fine. I mean, you can still bake it after she gets know, a little bit. but do I need to be eating that? No. But, but I just need neighbor. to give her le- a little bit of, yeah. 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 Or it's like sometimes it's a good excuse to just be like, I'm going to. Or actually, we're having a big block party here there on Saturday. Oh, so here's what you're going to do. Oh, here's what I'm going to Well, do. I mean, you could bake a cake and it would still be fresh enough for Saturday. But, like, make the cake batter. Let Isabel have, you know, whatever comes off of the beaters. Like, she can lick whatever. And then bake the cake and then freeze your layers. And then when you take them out to ice them, it'll be a lot easier. Or is that too much work? I mean, I also usually, you you said you do like a one pan sheet. Yes. I usually do like the The two two rounds. That's a lot of work. And then I cut them up. I I know. I know. It's fun, though. Fun for you. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, it's kind of like our indoorsy, outdoorsy comparison. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see, Brooke. All right, good luck. Thank you. Just throw some icing and sprinkles on it. And (laughs) as long as it tastes good, nobody cares if there's crumbs in your frosting. Right, and if it's made by a 10-year-old, nobody's expecting miracles here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, this was fun. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences. 
as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.